This episode of the Pre-PT Grind Podcast is brought to you by the Accepted System. The Accepted System is not just coaching, it's not just an online course, it's not a feel-good group, and it's definitely not your guidance counselor just giving you a few tips and sending you on your way. This is a proven system that helps Pre-PT students just like you get accepted into PT school without wasting time or money. The Accepted System has achieved acceptance for students with above and below 3.0 GPAs. Our system trains pre-PTs to think differently so that they can ultimately fulfill their dreams of becoming doctors of physical therapy despite their fears, low grades, and uncertainty of the future. The Accepted System is a do-it-with-you six-week program that teaches you our Accepted System method. To learn more, visit us at www.preptgrind.com and click I Need to Know More under the Accepted System. We hope to help you achieve your dreams of getting into physical therapy school. Now enjoy the rest of the episode. Tonight, I'm going to be doing an interview of uh, one of our students, Alex. Good to see you. This is going to be great. Um, Alex, what I was telling them is that why I want to do more of these interviews, like on the regular, is is simply because, especially in this group, like we all have, and they'll listen to your story in just a few minutes, but 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 we all have different different fears, and, and they're usually based off of like where we're currently at mm-hmm. as a non-traditional. It, there's it's so common. Like I was telling them that within the last two days, I've had at least three non-traditional students reach out to me and mm-hmm. say, "Is it too late?" Yeah. Like is too late for me to apply is it too late for me to even give it a shot yeah when you have other that are coming straight out they're like 21 years old yeah ready to apply and that's why i want to do more interviews because it allows students to just see the eyes of someone else that has just done it mm-hmm. that is in the same position they're in and so I'm, I'm extremely excited i'm excited for you to share your story mm-hmm. tonight is your night so i'm not going to do a lot of talking um and what i would love uh, for you to do first before we dive in is just introduce yourself uh, let us know a little bit about uh, where you live mm-hmm. uh, and and then we'll dive in is that all right yeah yeah great perfect okay. all yours. okay um so i am as joseph said a non-traditional student i currently live in santa barbara california and i just moved down here about a year ago i was living in san francisco for 10 years working for various tech companies Before that, I was in hospitality, and I actually graduated from undergrad in 2008 during the recession, so it was really hard to find work, and I was just trying to find whatever, kind of like whoever was going to hire me, and tech was really taking off at that point, and that's the industry that I got into. So um, I am taking my last prereq at the City College down here and working as a TA in anatomy. So brushing up on my anatomy. And um, I live with my husband and I have two little dogs and I like hiking <laughs> that's it. And this literally, this lays the foundation for, mm-hmm. um, for about to share uh, from 2008 on. Uh, 
like, let's now step back a little bit. First mm-hmm. of all, when was the first time that physical therapy popped into your mind? Because you, you just said during the recession, mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of figure out where you would fit, whether it was tech and mm-hmm. how you were going to make it work. But uh, physical therapy in particular, when did that come <clears throat> into the picture? Ultimately, why did you fall in love with it? Why did you choose it? Yeah, so I actually didn't have a good experience with physical therapy um, the first time. Yeah, or the first few years, I was um, uh, doing a lot of endurance uh, cycling and triathlons. And after about two years, I was just chronically injured for a year. And um, I saw, I think, four or five different PTs. And I was kind of going to clinics where you know, you spend like 10, 15 minutes with a PT and, and they kind of give you the same exercises that everyone else does and nothing was really uh, working. So I was like, okay, screw this. And I actually found, um, this was when I was working in tech and um, I, this was the last resort. Um, I found this guy who works at San Francisco CrossFit, Roots Sahoda, and um, he was mentored by Kelly Starrett who wrote Becoming a Supple Leopard, and uh, it was a non-traditional PT place because they do CrossFit, um, but they are all PTs, so they do more sports PT, and they don't take insurance, so they're able to kind of do whatever they want and think outside of the box, and he was able to diagnose me in the first 10 minutes with hypermobility, and that's when I realized, hmm, PT is different. It doesn't have to be insurance-based it doesn't have to be what i thought it would be what i've just been seeing and you can be really creative and um there's just seems like a lot more that i just didn't know about it so that that's what sparked my interest um after about a few years of having some kind of bad experiences with physical therapy um yeah it's hey it and it happens to all of us in some way shape or form mm-hmm. some experience a little worse than others but ultimately you fell in love with it um after having such amazing experience tell us a little bit about so there was this time frame right mm-hmm. like 2008 is not last year no <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> for those of us that are non-traditional here here's why we're doing this tonight and then we'll answer questions afterwards and everything the reason why we're doing this tonight is 100, what's up, Ashley, like, is 100% to inspire y'all. Like, mm. that's, like, I think one thing is, is that, like, a lot of people hear Casey and I talking about this so much that it's like, okay, like, we expect them to be positive. We expect them to, like, I just want y'all to hear a real story because mm. these are, like, real fears that mm. non-traditional, like, there's so much time in between when I finished up my degree mm. or when I finished bachelor's and now like like how does that how does that work so talk to us about that like that time period it's 2008 mm-hmm. you finish go down a different career path and then now you're saying okay after having some poor experiences i'm actually pretty interested in pt tell us tell us a little bit about that like, about that transition going into being a pre-pt what were some of your fears uh-huh. and, and, and let's just kind of go into that process because a lot of non-traditional students are probably asking themselves the same questions you did yeah so um i got a pretty cushy tech job and i was doing really well and my parents were really happy that i had found something after the recession and 
you know, I was like young in San Francisco. I was like, oh, I've made it. You know, I don't have to worry about anything anymore. Like my life is set and I'm making pretty good money. <laughs> and then after a few years, I felt really kind of empty. Um, my undergrad is in international relations and I wanted to do humanitarian work and that um, specifically in Africa. But um, so I was, I've always been interested in giving back and giving back to the communities around me and helping serving those underserved populations. Um, I interned at a, a microfinance bank in, in Senegal and just, you know, saw how women were treated in these, some of these communities. And um, that that's what I, I wanted, always wanted to do. And I, I kind of, um, kind of forgot that about myself. And I realized after a few years of working in tech, I wasn't adding to anyone's life. Um, I was working 12, 14 hour days, just sitting behind a computer um looking at code and you know um some people like that but it, it was not for me and i i really thought about okay do my are my morals and what i believe in are am i living my life in line with that and um i realized i was so i was becoming so unhappy because i was not um i was not following what i believed in um i was not living my life that way and i really had to take a good hard look in the mirror for a few months and um, realized that I needed to leave. Like I needed a change. And it took me like a year to make the decision to leave. I, you know, tried to take on different positions in the company. I tried to take on more responsibility and I, I just really tried. And I was really scared because I was in my late twenties and everyone was asking me oh when are you gonna have kids oh when are you gonna do this and settle down and you know everyone everyone else's life at my age it, it was just not it was different for me um and being different is hard so i you know told my parents that i was gonna quit and they were not okay with that um it put a lot of strain on our relationship for a year um, they thought I was throwing away everything and I just knew that I couldn't make a decision based on what they wanted for me and what everyone else wanted for me. No one supported me <laughs> except for my husband. So, and I also think no one understood what physical therapy was. A lot of them asked, so you're going to become a masseuse now. No hating on masseuses, but people didn't understand. So it was really hard. I definitely felt estranged from people and it was just interesting to see how, you know, who my friends were and, you know, who weren't. So, um, but I, I just knew deep down that I was not happy where I was. And I just really listened to that gut feeling of, okay, I need to change other. And I can't see myself being here in 10, 15 years. I kept thinking that I'm going to be here for 10, 20 years. I can't. So um, I just went against the grain and um, quit and becoming a pre-PT and, you know, starting to take classes again at um, City College. I was, I like was placed in the lowest level math. 
like arithmetic or something. The basic. <laughs> basic, basic. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a really long journey. Um, it was like almost four years of, of prereqs because my undergrad was the, um, a Bachelor of Arts. So I had no science, nothing. I want to ask you an even deeper question. Like, what I want you to touch on, Alex, is you just mentioned, you said, Joseph, like, in, in 2008, recession hits. I get a job that was pretty stable. Things are looking pretty good. Uh, I'm in my late 20s. I have now fallen in love with physical therapy, and I know, plus, I have these experiences in Africa and certain things about my personality and my character and, and things that my heart has fallen in love with doing mm -hmm. that have reminded of, you know, what, what my purpose is. So now you decide, I want to make this shift with the support of your husband, of course, but nobody else supports it. Like family, parents, uh, in fact, not just, not just not supporting, but like strongly opposing what you are trying to do. Not only that, you have the pressure of being in your late 20s and, and, and seeing what everybody else is supposed to do. Like, it's crazy how we create these, like, these things about, like, what we're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. at 28 or supposed to be. It's, it's a bunch of nonsense, but yeah. that's not it there. But, but you're at a point where, like, all the pressure is coming your way. How do you handle it? The, the reason why I'm asking that question is because, like, don't get me wrong. Casey and I talk about this all the time, but how did you handle it? There are students right now who are struggling with just that. Right now, they're like whether it's as a non-traditional student, whether it's maybe PT in general. Their parents might want, like my parents wanted me to be a physician or a lawyer or an engineer. Mm -hmm. Like it's like whatever it is. Like how did you handle that level of opposition? Also, knowing that now, like you're talking about like math, like having to almost start like way basic compared to what you had like what you would have thought you would have been starting out at. Like, like how did you handle so much of that at once, knowing you still wanted to be a PT? How did you handle that to the point where you were able to push through? Like, what did you tell yourself? How did you block off the noise? Did you? Like, mm. how did you, like, like, talk to someone who's going through that right now? Because I want them to understand, like, what you had to do to get yourself through that. Because most people stop. At that point, when all of that is pointed against them, they're like, you know what? Maybe this is God telling me it's not the move. Maybe this is just the universe telling me it's not the move. Maybe it's just life. Mm -hmm. Life is probably, it's not PT. Like, how do you handle that in that moment? Or how did you handle it? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I just thought about the end goal. Um, that's what kept me going, taking all those, you know, prereqs for prereqs and people not believing in me, telling me I was just making a really bad mistake. I thought, I, I really believe that we are on this earth for a purpose. And um, I have really learned to listen to like the this voice inside me that is kind of telling me what's right and what's wrong. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I knew that I, I just imagined my self as a PT um, and being able to serve populations that don't have access to PT. And I and then I imagined my life in an office working in a job that I hated. And so at that point, it became pretty apparent, okay, this is not going to be easy, um, but I don't, you know, I'm pretty tough and I like to challenge myself. And 
Um, I know being a PT isn't easy and I don't, you know, I don't take easy, the easy route. I, most people are, you know, it's, um, uh, who said this was going to be easy. And, um, I, I knew that, but I just kind of envisioned myself working away like 20 years from now in a cubicle <laughs> and just hating my life. Wow. So, um, you know, during those, um, hard, you know, classes that were, were hard or, you know, long study sessions. And I, I would kind of like think back, oh, you know, I was actually making a lot of money and, you know, I, why am I here? And then I would just remind myself, Alex, you are, you are here for a purpose and this is your purpose and you are going to be able to reach so many people and just kind of imagining myself. I know it sounds cliche, but in like that white lab coat, you know, like in a clinic or whatever, and being able to inspire people versus sitting at a desk and being somewhere that I really don't want to be because I had been there. Um, so just having that kind of end goal in mind all the time. Um, and also I try to surround myself with like talk to my husband a lot about my fears and insecurities and just trying to find people who were driven and enthusiastic about goals they had because you are who you associate yourself with. So I just tried to associate myself with goal oriented and hardworking people, which is why I joined um, a women's swim and water polo team just to have rigidity and you know a schedule and um, be around people who were academically driven. So those were my two strategies. If you're going through that right now, and, and oh, we're about to get to the good part of Alex's mm -hmm. story, but if you're going through that right now, like you have to understand that it's like it is in your control. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I even asked that, Alex, is because that's a very overwhelming position in um, the people you love people closest to you opposing what you feel called to do. And you're right, we all do have a purpose. And I think what's so sad is I think we exchange purpose for what pays the bills or what we think pays the bills. Mm -hmm. uh, not realizing that purpose actually does pay the bills and you fall through with it, mm -hmm. saying. But, uh, <laughs> but the biggest thing is just understanding that like, like you, you have to make sure you're just very careful about who you're talking to um, and when you have family members that might, I'm not saying like, like disown your family, but, but find people who you know, believe in what you're, uh, sometimes even more than you, whether that's your husband or people that are close to you, mm -hmm. because like I talk to someone and I know that they're going to make me feel worse about what I'm trying to do, mm -hmm. then they're not the person. It's that simple. Like I should be only talking to people I know that after we finish talking, they will actually leave me feeling like more empowered to do what I was already trying to do. Yeah. Like the only people you should be talking to. And yeah. so what happened next? Talk to us more about that transition now, mm -hmm. like the classes. What was the hardest uh, part of now, like climbing up that ladder into classes and then ultimately now shifting to really what brought you into this community here? So much. <laughs> um, just. <Awesome. laughs> Um, where do I start? Okay, so I hadn't been in school for like six or seven years and just getting used to studying again, being surrounded by 18 year olds who, you know, they're just like so fresh and they, they have like 
they're studying down and um I was like I just forgot how hard school was and how much time it took and you know just being married in class people like totally freaked out by that um and um I I just felt really alone um and being in class people were talking about you know transferring to four-year colleges and no one I, I didn't meet anyone who was like me uh so as i said before it's, it's hard to be kind of be alone and um be different from everyone else so i was at the pool one day and i thought okay you know i gotta find find a way to like relieve all, all my stress work out and um the lifeguard was like oh we have a women's swim team and i was like oh i'm too old for that like no <laughs> which is like the worst excuse anyone can use. I'm too old for that. That's what I've learned. I was defining my life with by my age, which is ridiculous. And oh. I, I just said, no, I, I'm too old. That's literally what I said. I'm too old. I'm too slow. And he was like, well, are you a swimmer? Why don't you just try? And, I, and then I thought, okay, why not? Like I'm in this situation. I'm at a city college. I just left my job. I feel estranged from my family why not? Why not do something a little crazy, right? So I showed up and I was on the team because I, I used to be a swimmer. I, I grew up as a swimmer and um, but I hadn't swum in like 10 years or so. I wasn't really in the best shape of my life. And I it really changed my life. Um, I was on an all women's swim team and I actually did water polo the next semester. So I did that for two years and I never done water polo before, but I, I thought, why not? I'll try it and learn it. So why not? What's the worst that can happen? And I saw, um, these girls, uh, you know, the city college of San Francisco, most are underprivileged, um, students and come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And, um, you know, a lot of them would get injured, you know, shoulder injuries and um, shoulder and neck. That was like the main thing for swimming. And um, I, they didn't have access to PT, a physical therapy. So um, for them paying, they, uh, most of them weren't even insured. So for them to go see a physical therapist and pay out of pocket, like a hundred plus dollars, which is out of the question, especially when food or, you know, housing is always kind of insecure. Um, and I, you know, they would go to the athletic trainers and the trainers would just say, here's ibuprofen, here's ice, you know, figure it out. And I saw that it wasn't just with the swim and water polo team, it was with uh, other teams, like especially football, because, you know, I was down there just kind of seeing what was going on and they would have these horrible injuries. And they were given kind of the same advice, ibuprofen, ice, and um, these guys are, you know, really relying on being able to play so they can get a scholarship and so they can transfer because this is the only shot they have. And I thought these people, these young people really deserve better. It was frustrating to, to view that, to see that for two years, but it really gave me this fire, this passion, like, okay, you know, you need to stick with this and you can really make an impact eventually on these people's lives later on. So that's kind of where it all cemented, where I was like, this is really what I want to do. 
because of this, because of what I'm seeing here. Dang. Well, let's let's not shift in, in, into now. You're like, okay, like I've taken my classes, um, mm. and experience like has has just cemented. And actually, before you even go there, like if, if you have, it might not be the same exact experience, but an experience that just made it very clear, like, oh, this is exactly where I need to be. Just mm -hmm. just like it could have been. It could have been something you might have seen happen to a family member. It could have been something very similar to what Alex was talking about. Just seeing people were struggling. And she was like, this is a group of people that when I learn the skills that I will as a physical therapist, I'll actually be able to help them. Mm -hmm. Like, have you had an experience that just made it very clear that this is exactly where you're supposed to be? Because that should be confirmation. That should be confirmation every single time. And I'm saying that because when it gets hard, it's very easy to forget this. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe PT is not for me anymore. That should be the confirmation every single time. I want, like, honestly, I would like y'all to just like write it, write it in your phone. Mm -hmm. Have a little note phone just to remind you of that story. Every time you start stressing out, every time you start saying, ah, maybe he's not it, I want <laughs> you to go back and because that should be the reminder every single time. Like, mm -hmm. Alex, I'm pretty sure. Moments where you were starting to kind of forget, if you were just reminded of that story and your experience in Africa, that would have been enough, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So please remind yourself. Now take us to the end. You're, you're like, okay, like I, I take my classes. Now I want to do whatever I have to do to apply. Take us, take us through that process a bit, and then ultimately uh, we'll get to the best part. Like you know, of course, which is you getting into PT. hard because you know when I would talk to people who were, who were interested in being PTs they were kinesiology majors um, or trainers and I had nothing to do with that I had no background in that and I didn't know how to leverage that for PT school like I understood that something that made me unique but I didn't know how I could show it how I could show PT schools like, okay, I'm different. I have a completely different background. And this is what, this is why that makes me special. This is why that will make me a, a great PT. And cause I had no one to kind of bounce ideas off of who had been through that situation um, or, or just knew anything about being non-traditional. I didn't even, I didn't even know how to use it to my advantage. I thought being older was a disadvantage um, for the longest period of time. And um, that was another insecurity of mine. Why would they want some like old person in their program? So I was at, in City College in San Francisco and we moved down to Santa Barbara. And I really lost my whole network um, that I had in San Francisco. I, I was starting to get to know PTs and having access to people like Ruth Sahota or Kelly Starrett um, was really amazing because they're non-traditional, actually. Yep. Yep. And um, I, I wasn't surrounded by anyone who I could talk to. Um, and just, I was starting to feel really alone. And I was really losing focus. And that was starting to worry me. So I was um, taking my last two prereqs 
or no, my two prereqs, not my last one. I'm taking my last one right now. Um, I was in statistics and anatomy and I was like, man, I don't think I can do this. This is too hard. I'm, I'm like not, I'm not special enough. I had heard, um, you know, talking to other people who had been rejected before I thought, you know, I was always comparing my stats to their stats, which is like the worst thing you can do. Um, and I thought, hmm, their GPA is better. They, they did this. They're like a better applicant and they didn't get in. So that means I'm not going to get in. So I really started developing this fear-based mentality and I started making decisions based on that. I was fearful of, of just not getting in and um, failing. And the past four years, um, you know, I had, it had kind of taken a toll on the relationship with my family and I thought, okay, if I don't get in, then it was all for nothing. And I failed my family and I, I started like getting really into my head. And um, I started doing some research on Facebook or online and I found pre-PT Grind. Ooh, I've heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. Um, and I, you know, started reading a bit and I, it was nice to see a group for just pre-PTs. And um, I, I just thought, okay, I need to call this guy Joseph. Like, I, I need to... I need to talk to someone because I was close, so close to just dropping out of city college, dropping out of my classes and just giving up. Um, and that was a like really scary moment for me. So like, I got to schedule a call with Joseph and um, just talking to you that day. I remember like kind of the hearing for the first time from someone like you have you are meant to be a PT we need to get you into PT school um I hadn't heard that really except for my husband but you know it's always different from people but he loves you yeah, yeah I know. one thing I told you and I need every every non-traditional student to, to hear this y'all listen tonight was about it, it just inspiring y'all to keep fighting don't mm -hmm. stop mm -hmm. but um one thing that I told you that night was like was I said being a non-traditional student is actually an advantage. Mm -hmm. I, I specifically remember saying that. I said, being a non-traditional student is actually like to your advantage. As with everybody, it kind of, it was, it was odd to hear that. I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I just spent who knows how many years trying to retake classes with a bunch of 18 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, like, there's actually an advantage to being a non-traditional student. And the honest truth is, you just have a lot more clarity than a traditional student and i'm not saying traditional students are not clear trust mm -hmm. me like I'm, not, I'm just saying that like when you're a non-traditional student you've kind of been through it to the point where you've been able to go down a path where you're like ooh, hard new <laughs> yeah so really when you're traditional you don't have that you pretty much say i i feel like pt is for me based off my story and most of the time you get it right and that's why I just want people to just know that PT is what they want like if they know that's what they want that then there's no turning back but mm -hmm. I but I told you I was like after hearing your story I was like listen like it's actually to your advantage mm -hmm. you're very clear like you are clear mm -hmm. outside of the fact that you were kind of freaking out about mm -hmm. what maybe you could have been led to believe about like being too old oh, come on now it's, it's a bunch of nonsense yeah like, most of my class in PT school 
was late 20s, early 30s with family. So you were right there. And I was like, well, like it, it doesn't actually, like it, it works to your advantage because you have this clarity and you know, like to go through all of the stuff you went through with your family and still lock into this, you have to be pretty doggone clear, mm -hmm. right? It's like marrying someone your family doesn't want. You better be pretty sure <laughs> that that's the person yeah. you want to spend your life with. <laughs> so it's the same thing as this. So I said, like, you're, you're good. <laughs> like, yeah. and you have the work ethic. Let's get you in, but, but go on. Yeah, so just talking to you and, and hearing about that. And then I didn't even know what the accepted system was. I kept hearing about, you know, people's testimonials and um, the pre-PT grind page. I was like, hmm, what's this? Um, and so I, I remember asking you about it and I thought, I need as much help as I can get. Like, I don't have a network down here. And I remember telling you that, like, I have lost focus. I am not surrounded by people who have the same goals as me, who are, who want to get into PT school or any kind of graduate program. I felt very alone. And that was really starting. And I was actually, my family lives in Santa Barbara. So I actually moved down closer to them, um, which was not helpful. <laughs> I love my family, but it just like made things worse. And because um, I would see them like almost every day. And um, it's hard to keep like the blind on, um, you know, especially when your your mom and your dad are like, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> so I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is bad. I'm I'm like this close to quitting. And when you told me about the accepted system and you, you told me at first, you told me you need to be surrounded by people, network of people who are going through the same thing as you, who have gone through the same thing as you. And just being around people like that will make huge change. Because I didn't have that. I didn't have a network at all. And um, when you talk to me about the accepted system, you're like, you get, you have a mentor um, or a coach who ended up being Robin. And I remember her going live with you. She's non-traditional and she inspired me. I thought, okay, she's like me. You know, I need to stay locked in. Um, I, I remember watching her and she became my coach. And we have like this really great relationship, very close. And just being able to talk to people who are going through the same thing as you, you realize you're not alone. Like your fear, other people have the same fear. So I don't know what it is, but just not feeling alone was super powerful. And hearing people tell you, I believe in you, you need to get into PT school, you can do this, being positive, which I wasn't really getting much of from my family, it prevented me from making stupid mistakes, such as mm. dropping out of classes and not applying because I was so scared of getting rejected and looking like a failure to my family. And I realized you told me, you're like, stop making stupid mistakes because you're fearful. And I realized that that's what I was doing. I was a fearful applicant. Man, I remember early on, Alex, <laughs> but it's just so amazing to be able to sit here now and just watch you on the other side of things. Tell, like, we know you went through the accepted system and she absolutely tore it up. She, she crushed it. Um, and for those of y'all that are wondering like what the accepted system is, it's our, it's our coaching program where we, 
like do it with you and you have like for long i mean well this is not to sell that right now but but if you guys are interested and you're like hey i, I want to go on the same journey that alex was on send us a message at contact creeptoground.com if you're interested but but the biggest thing i want us to hit right now is day you got accepted like you like were recalling you're like man i can remember everything from 2008 i can remember my family saying this is a bad move after having a stable job i can remember just starting from ground zero when it came to classes like i can remember all of it and and like tell us about like what the acceptance letter just the day you got it what that day was like what it felt like to finally see it what it felt like to finally have that confirmation that you were a lock because that's the day that all of us need to literally envision and dream about we'll talk about that just a little bit but just tell us about that day i would say it's one of the most one of the happiest days of my life it's hard to really explain um they actually gave me a phone call and i was getting a tv test i was at the doctor and i had been waiting for like two or three weeks and that that waiting period um was pro probably the hardest part of the application process um every day i was like getting you know having something chip away at my self-confidence and just very very starting to have these like kind of toxic thoughts and um <laughs> that's another kind of mental strategy to to just not let that get to you and um i i just it was like eight in the morning and i just looked at my phone and it said the admission director's name and i just froze and i was like like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I just answered, and of course, because I was like staring at it and I was like, Alex, you have to answer the phone, you know? And um, he was like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah. And am, am I calling, you know, how are you? And I was like, I'm good. I'm getting a TB test. And he was like, oh, shit, should I call you later? And I was like, no, 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 please, no. <laughs> And he was like, I would like to offer you admission. And I just, I broke down. Like I was just sobbing. And the doctor came in and he was like, are you, is everything okay? And I was like, yes, yes, I just need a minute. And um, I just had this like image of everything, like kind of like my life the past four years, it sounds so cliche, just like, like I just saw that in my head, um, like kind of like flash before my eyes, just like how, much hard work how hard it had been and then i thought was it all worth it and just getting that phone call it was like absolutely absolutely and all of the sacrifices i had made i knew i was like okay this is this is what i meant to do like this is kind of signaling to me that i am on the right on the right path and um, I can show my parents that it was, it wasn't for nothing. And, um, you know, all of my teachers and, and you guys, um, just kind of supporting me through it all. Um, it, you know, it was a short, like one minute phone call. Cause I was just so, I couldn't talk. It was very hard to talk cause I was just crying so much. Um, but everything that I had gone through and, I just thought, you know, never give up, ever, never, ever, ever give up. Um, I'm just so happy that I never did uh, because that phone call was worth it. 
Alex just told you the reality of the day she got accepted into BT school. And when you hear where Alex came from, just her journey as a non-traditional student, everyone's story is a little different. That's what makes it your story. It's beautiful. But, but there's one thing that I want you all to have at the front of your minds. Like, Alex, let me ask you this question. If one year ago, someone was able to like film you, right? Was able to like just watch you go through that phone call, right? Like just a year, like a year, like like right now, was able to like film that day, and then fly back to you in time, right? To to one year ago, and say, here, Alex, I want you to watch something, and you watched it. How much more freaked out would you have been, or how much more confidence would you have had going into everything that you've gone through to get to this moment? Oh, game changer. <laughs> just, yeah, I, just having, being more confident and not doubting myself all the time. Um, not being fearful, not saying, not, not just thinking, oh, I'm mediocre. Um, I'm not special, you know, because getting into PT school, we all know it's so competitive and, you know, you compare yourself to other people. And that was something that I was doing because I didn't know any better. And um, something I learned from you guys, stay in your lane. That was a huge thing for me. And that, and that can be applied to anything in life, not just this. Once I started doing that and really focusing on my story and my journey and not worrying about all the noise around me, like, oh, she had a 4.0 and she didn't even get in. She's applied four times, she got rejected. He's starting trying to get his master's. I mean, it's like, you know, I just stopped listening to all of that because I knew that I was meant to be a PT and I knew this is what I was meant to do. And so once I started really listening to that instead of everyone else around me and all this like kind of toxicity, I would say, comparing and everything, that's when it really changed. And I stopped being scared of failing or whatever, not being good enough. Um, and just really started focusing on what made me unique and why I wanted to be a PT. And I thought that will show admissions, you know, if I focus on myself and what makes me unique and focus on my story, admissions will see that. They see thousands of applicants and, you know, they'll see the ones that are unique or that are truthful that are real and that's really what i started to to focus on if anyone ever told you told y'all that like envisioning is a load of crap well mm -hmm. there's a good chance to achieve what they really want in life so mm -hmm. what i want y'all to start doing is like like just picture that day picture that day because it like alex just said if someone had just captured that for her and sent it back to her in time she would like it would have been like a, a total like shift and how she carried herself and how much work she put in and how you realize how much time we waste just freaking out mm -hmm. about this whole thing wrong yeah. right like how much time would you have saved yeah right? with, with able to just stay locked in okay i'm alone i gotta do this i gotta like so as a pre-pc if you're watching this live like like start envisioning it start yeah. like start that day start playing it in your mind yeah like play it over and over start imagining what are you going to be eating like mm -hmm. are you going to be at dinner are you going to be at breakfast like are you going to be taking a walk when the email comes in is it going to be a phone call 
Just start playing it in your head. You know why? Because it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. There's only one thing that can stop it from happening. I don't care if you have a 2.4 GPA. I don't care if you've been rejected the last three or four cycles. I really don't care if you've been out of school since 2008 because Alex just proved that whole thing wrong. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're in your 30s. It doesn't matter if you're in your 40s. It really doesn't matter. Mainly because the only thing that can stop you from getting into PT school is the person that is sitting right next. To, actually, no, it's you. <laughs> it's you. You're the only person that can stop you from yeah. getting into a PT. So start envisioning it because it is like, it's a real day. Mm -hmm. It's a real day that only exists if you push long enough to actually get there. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with me, Alex? Yeah. Would you agree with me? Yeah. So, so for anyone watching this, that was the purpose of tonight. And we have more pre-PT winners coming to inspire the heck out of you. What I want every single one of y'all to realize is there's no excuses. There's none. Yeah. You're not a victim. The story that you have is your asset, not your liability. And everything about that day that you will get accepted is absolutely real. It's, it's tangible. It exists. Start picturing it now so that the days where you're down, the days where you're, you're getting a lot of like negative talk from family, friends, the days that you're comparing yourself to other classmates, the days that you're like, man, Kim is just destroying me. The days you're having to retake classes, the day you have to look at a rejection from a school, you realize this is not where it stops. The only way it stops is if it, it if I quit. Mm -hmm. That's the only way. That's the only way you don't get into PT school. Mm -hmm. Only way you don't get into PT. So I want y'all to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And if y'all want some clarity, I mean, hit us up. This is what we do. Like go to contactpreptgrind.com and say, hey, Casey Joseph, I need help. This is my story. This is where I'm at. And we will do everything in our power to help you just like we helped Alex get into PT school. But as we finish this up, Alex, what is, what is one final thing that you want to leave this amazing group of pre-PT winners? If this is really what you truly want to do, then there are no other excuses to be made. Um, if you know deep down that you were meant to be in this field, PT, then that is kind of a, that kind of, that led me and helped me get to where I am right now and just never, never, ever giving up. Um, Cause as Joseph said, once you give up, it's, you know, it's on you. You're the reason you didn't get into PT school and um, get to where you wanted to be. So just really listen to, to yourself and focus, stay in your lane. Focus on, focus on you. Don't worry about anyone else. It's not about anyone else. It's about you and your journey. And just keep fighting, keep grinding. Don't give up. Joseph and Casey are amazing. So if you need help, really reach out to them. And they'll do everything they can to help you guys. Alex, thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Your story is amazing. And I cannot wait for more non-traditional students to hear this story because... Like, I mean, you did it. You crushed it. And this is just a reminder at every single stop that you have from here on out, there's nothing that can stop you. Um, and so thank you so much. What is up, guys? You've been listening to the Pre-PT Grind podcast, where we don't just help you get into PT school, but our mission is to make you the best physical therapist you can possibly be. And I have a quick question for you. Did you enjoy this episode? 
And if you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread our message of helping pre-PTs get into physical therapy school without wasting time and money is if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast. What this basically does is tell the platforms out there that we're on is that you like our stuff, that we're doing something right, and that we're bringing value to you all, our audience. So if you can take about three seconds out of your day to rate, review, and subscribe to the Pre-PT Grind podcast and tell your friends about Pre-PT Grind, we would be forever, forever grateful to all of you. So thank you again for listening to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. We will see you on the next one.